0: Hello and welcome to the Pensacola People's Podcast, where we interview interesting people in our area. Um, So, Mr. Zach, what do you do and like, who are you?
1: Uh, Okay, so I consider myself to be a professional educator. uh, And what I mean by that is that my goal is to educate people. I do that through private tutoring. Uh, For a while, I was a full-time teacher at Creative Learning Academy. Um, but yeah, that's generally my goal, it can still leak in my hobbies as well. So that's me in a nutshell.
2: Okay. Um, what made you want to be a teacher slash tutor?
1: Um, so I've always liked explaining things, even when I was like a kid, like my grandmother always pointed out that when I learned something new my favorite thing to do was to like come home and tell her about it. Um, I. Uh, so that was always kind of a thing for me, but when I was in high school, a lot of my friends, like my peers needed help with chemistry, uh, and we didn't like tutoring services, weren't really like as big of a thing back then. So we would do like study groups and a couple of our study groups kind of just turned into me teaching everybody chemistry. Um, and so I found that I really liked that. Like I liked chemistry and I liked being able to help other people. And that felt like really rewarding. So, um, when I, uh, moving through high school, I did that more and more. And I did like math and science and things like that. And I did it in college through my fraternity and through the housing department at Georgia Tech. And so I, I you know, I got my, you know, uh, I left college and um, pursued engineering, but it wasn't as satisfying. So I um, ended up chasing down uh, education again as a career. So All
0: right. Uh, so was there any influence like from like your peers or your parents as like to become a teacher, like, um, or just like people around you that made you want to become a teacher? Like,
1: um, I, I guess I'm going to answer this question in a really weird way. There was definitely influence to like about being a teacher, but in the other direction. Um, like a lot of people, when I was, um, in high school, were like, don't be a teacher. Like even my teachers were like, don't be a teacher. They're like, go be an engineer, do it. You'll like, don't do this. It'll, you know, it's it's so much. And it's not, it's like not as rewarding, you know, pe- like financially, it's not as rewarding, you know, like be, be an engineer. You won't get nearly, you know, everyone will like you. You're great. Be an engineer. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, sure. Like, don't, don't chase my dreams. Got it. Got it. Um, my parents were definitely okay with it. They were like, do whatever you want, they're very supportive. but like all the teachers I knew were kind of like, don't do this. <laughs> uh, but I did have a lot of teachers who did inspire me. um Alan Robinson uh, was my biology teacher in high school and he was a really good mentor. He was my scholars bowl coach, my trivia team coach. so he got me really interested in learning uh, for like I mean just learning stuff just to learn stuff, you know like that was that was what he liked and he, he did that for fun and i i enjoyed that so it was really great um and so i always think about him a lot like when i teach science i think about like how his excitement for learning stuff because he liked it you know like it wasn't just like you have to learn this because it's important he was like this is great like you should want to know this who doesn't want to know more about like biology you know and I always thought that was like awesome so I try and think about that when I teach like share why I like it as well as why you should learn it. So
2: all right so how would you say your, um, like, schooling career as a child went, like, um, grade-wise? Would you say that you were the best child in school? Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I, I guess that depends on which era of my schooling we're talking about. Um, grade-wise, I was always um, excellent. Like, I was an academic all-star, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I think, talking about a, on a level of something unusual, uh, my mom always says that one of the reasons I don't uh, do well with compliments is that. I had got so many as a kid for (laughs) grades, like everyone was always like, you're doing great. So I always thought that was what you said to to people. So like, I'm always suspicious of compliments as an adult. They're like, you're doing great. And I'm like, hey, it's just what people say. Um, You know, like, so I I did always did well with school. Um, Academically, uh, I did have some rough years behavior wise, transferring to public school Uh, was kind of such a different environment that I like Uh, did not have the best behavior and I managing ADHD caused me a lot of struggles so like I'd say middle school was definitely a rough period for for Zach academically Um, at least socially not grade wise so uh, just go ahead sorry
0: um so uh uh with ADHD and like students like how can that like affect the student and how they learn like especially like younger students?
1: Um, I think the biggest misconception with ADHD um, from both my personal experience and especially from working at, you know at CLA, people think that a student who's ADHD doesn't care about learning right because they're they're so distracted they're like, oh, I just want to like have fun, I want to do this." when in reality it's very frustrating for the student with ADHD like they're often, as upset about their behavior as you are as a teacher right and I try and like remember that from their perspective like because I remember as a kid like I wanted to do well I wanted to like pay attention and do the right thing in class but I just like could not without medication so and like it's very frustrating to not feel like you can do something you want to do so I always try and remember that and like you got to like work with them and be like hey how can I help you like are we having a rough day like can we can we work to like make this a little easier? Do you just, is today just gonna be a loss? Like, that's okay, like some days you just know you're not gonna win that battle and you can like not put pressure on them because that just makes it worse. Like being like, you have to do this, why aren't you? Like, that's such a bad mentality for for the kid as well as for you. Um, So I think that's like something big with ADHD that a lot of people don't realize is kind of trying to give grace to kids who are struggling with it because it's frustrating for them as well as for you.
2: All right. So what do you think you're going to do now that you have um, moved on from your teaching career at CLA?
1: Um, I mean, I'm going to continue educating. Um, I still do that daily. I still work with students one-on-one or doing like college preparatory classes. Um, I'm looking into helping an education platform based out of California develop some curriculum to um, help align needs for students, which has been kind of a nice little passion project that I'm working with them on um and uh i'm really thinking about going back <laughs> throw back to me like in chemistry uh, i was really considering going back and getting a chemistry degree um to see if uh laboratory chemistry would appeal to me like education has i'm not sure it'll really check the same boxes but i'm kind of wanting to explore that avenue as a career so those are kind of my plans at the moment nothing major
0: um so what do you think about your teaching is like? Do you think anything about your teaching is unique in a way that like makes students like more engaged?
1: Um, if and I'm not 100% sure on this, but if I had to say there was a thing that was like my biggest strength or my like unique technique, um, I'm just an excitable person in general, like, it's not just an affectation for like school, like. And and this is like a cheat because it's easy for me. I like learning new things and I like talking about things. Mm -hmm. And I think that like being that excited in general makes it um, just easier because like I'm excited and I want you to be excited. And like, I try not to force that, but I'm like, hopefully that I'm, my excitement will like translate to students. Like, I'm just like talking about this and I really want to talk about it. Um, So I think that's, uh, I guess, if you want to say like my, my secret technique is like to be excitement excited and happy um, about teaching like I just really enjoy it like I like being in the classroom I like explaining topics to people so
0: so like what you're saying is like it's kind of like I feel like it's sometimes pretty important for teachers to be able to like like talk to students and not like exactly relate to them but like maybe just like be able to talk to students like in like a good way like and students like not always like hating their teachers because I feel like that's not as like always a better environment to be learning in
1: oh for sure I mean I think something that's super important uh in general is understanding that like you know I always find like the the we like the kids the students right you guys are just people like you're you're young people and you have like less life experience that's just a fact but in the exact same time, in certain areas, you probably might have more life experience than I do. Like, right, like what your family is like, what your like, history is, I don't always know. But you're just people. And the more I can treat you that way, and the better I can build mutual respect, because I'm not just a position of authority. Like it's, that doesn't really matter. Like me being a teacher doesn't, like, I don't know. And it's always a weird dynamic, because like, yes, I, I have to give you grades. Yes, I need to manage the classroom. But beyond that, I'm just Person who wants you to know more things, like you know, like even when it's not my job, like that's just me as a person. So I'm like, hey, like I want us to all learn things together. Like that's that's my goal is for us to like do this, you to learn something that can really help you in life. Um, you know, and like let's make it through this day together. And I think you're right. I think that building like a good relationship and like an understanding, even if I don't like you know, like you said, even if I can't like empathize with you, I can like share the fact that we're getting through this classroom together.
2: Yeah. Um, do you think that's it's important to like mask your emotions as a teacher? Like, let's say you had like a bad day. Do you think it can influence like a student's day?
1: Um, I think I think that it's important to filter your emotions. I don't know if I'd say mask. Yeah. Um, like you can't bring a lot into the classroom. There's a lot of days where, you know, you're going to have a really rough day and you can't just like come in with a terrible day. But at the exact same time, I feel like one of the biggest disservice adults do mm-hmm. when interacting with you know, like younger people, mm-hmm. is that we try and pretend that you have to have good days all the time, and you have to like be on point. Like I, I've I've had days where I told my students I was like, guys, I'm having a really rough day. Like, and I'm I'm not going to bring that in here. I'm not going to yell at you. But if I look like I'm tired, or I look like I'm upset. I just want you to know that it's not necessarily you. It's I'm just having a rough day, and that's okay. Like you you can have bad days, and you can't but how you handle it and how you don't take it on other people is like super important. And as a teacher, it's triply important, right? Like I can't come in and be like mad at you guys and stuff like that, especially, especially when it's not your fault. Like that's, that's like a, a big no. So yes, I feel like masking isn't what I'd say, but like filtering, you need to do your utmost to like, make it a good day for kids. You know,
2: Um, are there things that you would say are hard to teach?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so just like beyond even like something that's hard to explain or complicated topics, it's really hard teaching, um, like values, you know, like I always say like moral stuff, like there's things I can say a million times, but until you experience it yourself, it doesn't really stick. Like a classic example is like, you know, like don't talk about people behind their back. Like everyone's heard that their whole life, but until you carelessly say something about a friend to someone and then it gets back to them and it blows up and like you lose someone like a friend for life or at least you have like a rough period for years like and you're like oh my goodness like until you learn something like that like that's that's like a moral or a value that's really hard to teach so like that's really hard to teach it's something you can present but it doesn't really stick but then like academically something that's really hard to teach is um like critical thinking skills you can it's really like you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink you can present the critical thinking skills and you can show them how you did it and you can give them the opportunity to grow but like it's like you're going to fail that like 50 times before you get it once but that's all it takes is getting it the once. and i and that's hard to teach because it's not only hard to like distill and transfer but it's also something that is very frustrating to learn and so that's hard on a teacher like you you kind of like end up feeling like you're burning your students out but you know, it's an important skill and you're like, just believe me, like, just make it when you make it, it'll be worth it. But like, you know, at a point where you're like failing 40 times, you're like, I don't think I'm going to get a Mr. Zach, you know? So that's a hard to teach thing.
0: So what age group and students do you feel like is like hardest to motivate? Like, you know, I feel like some like middle school students are always like trying to like be rebellious and like not do anything. So what age group do you find hardest to
1: motivate? Um, I think that between 7th and ninth grade, like 7th, 8th, 9th, it's, and, and here's why, in my opinion, um, you're old enough to know and to kind of see behind the curtain and be like, okay, a lot of this is song and dance, like a lot of this is, I feel like I'm going through the motions, right, but you're not there where you can see the light at the end of the tunnel or really feel like you're learning the higher level topics. Like once you're into like, you know, like 11th grade, you're like, okay, I'm taking APs. I'm specialized. I see colleges right around the corner. Like my world, like the world is coming into my hands and like, I'm really getting there. But like eighth, ninth grade, you're like, I'm taking really hard stuff, but a lot of it, I don't think I'll ever use. And I don't know where it's going. So it's like, you have to kind of like understand that you're still building foundation even though it doesn't feel like it so i think that eighth is really hard and then i mean there's the whole emotional aspect of it you know puberty comes into play there's a lot going on there where there's a lot of other things in the world that are distracting to an eighth ninth grade student especially so i've always found that that age range is kind of harder to connect with um and harder to like motivate
2: um so at the end of the day um, do you like reflect on like your good parts of the day or like your bad parts of the day or did you like my, make like a child's day like just a little bit better
1: um yeah so so I I've, people always ask about this tattoo um yeah. and it's 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 the unexamined life is not worth living is the quote right so like self-reflection is huge for me um and I think that yeah I, I sit back and I think and I mean I'm, I'm a bit of a I'm, I don't want to say perfectionist, but I give myself a really hard time, right? Like I give, I have high expectations of everyone and myself, number one in that. Um, so I spend a lot of time thinking about like what didn't go well, like and I'm more importantly though, to not be negative, how I can improve, like what, what was a learning opportunity today? Like what was like, okay, that didn't work. Here's what probably I could do better or what did work. And I do, I do think back, like I have a lot of these, uh, big wins that I try and use is like touchstone moments when I need to like remember why I'm doing it. Um, one that, like you said, like made a child's day better or whatever, right? Like there's, a I have a big win that I always keep in my back pocket as motivation, which is that when I first started tutoring um, for the ACT, like for college preparatory stuff, uh, there was a student I worked with and she really wanted to go to a certain school. That was her dream school. Mm-hmm. And we worked really hard so she could get in. Um, and I didn't talk to her after, after she, you know, took the test and talk with her for months because, you know, my job was done and I saw her, she actually came to find me, um, months later. And I was like, so you're going to the school, the dream school. And she's like, I'm not. And I was like, Oh, we didn't get it. We didn't like make it. And she was like, no, actually, um, we scored so much higher than I thought I could that I got a full ride to an even better school. And I came back to tell you that because I got it today. And she was just like, so excited. And I was like, try not to cry you know like it, it right. was it was such a big win she was just like I didn't think I could even go to this school and I got a full ride you know and I was like and she was just like I just want to let you know how much of a difference that makes and what's like the best answer ever happened to me and like you really believe and I was just like oh okay like I literally had like a lasting impact on her life and so like I try and remember those kind of things those are like the what makes an, a hard day easier so
0: that's amazing so nowadays colleges are a lot different with accepting students what do colleges look most at with students like diversity, community service hours, um, testing scores? Like, what do they look for?
1: So a big trend in colleges nowadays is that um, they've learned that like tests and, and, and one-offs can be like, I don't want to say bought, but like you can get them if you really dig deep at the last hour. Like, you're you're in your senior year and you're like oh no i need test scores and you just dial in on that but what can't be done in like a rush at the last minute is cap- what they call like academic capstones so things that you've done consistently and shown growth in and like held positions in for four years so like oh i've been in key club for four years or i don't i don't know if you can do key club four years but you know you know i've done uh i'm the captain of the uh Flag football team. Like it's not, you know, it's not the competitive one, but it's a club. But I've been in it since like eighth grade or ninth grade. And I've done it every year and I've done fundraisers. Like long-term like commitments are really attractive to colleges right now. They're like, they're like, oh, look at this. You were in this same club for four years and you like were an officer and you did you organize things for it because really that's like going to college. You have to like, you're gonna do it for four years, you're gonna like be committed to it. And that's just kind of like a big thing for them they've learned that's a really good indicator for success in college so find something you care about stick with it for four years work to grow it like a club or activity and that's like big for colleges right now Um, and it's something that a lot of people don't realize they're going to look at very intensely Um, oh and the other thing i just was learning about which is just a psa uh electronic tracking of engagement is really high right now like they'll send you emails that are like here's about our information click here to like learn more they'll check how long that email sat in your inbox how long you read it how quickly you replied after you read it and if you actually followed up on the material that they ask about more so if there's a college you're really set on answer every single email they send you which is crazy but they are checking that now especially the more like the ones that have a higher um, application rate so, just so you're aware <laughs>
2: yeah um last question what do you want your legacy to be
1: Ooh, that's a that's a big question um i uh like at least once like a month probably maybe i mean at least once a year but probably at least every couple months i think about my fifth grade teacher uh miss dixon she was great not the Miss Dixon you have now in fifth grade but. yeah her name was also Miss Dixon. Um, and she just, it was when I first changed to public school and she, I had never had a teacher. I never had an adult really outside of my parents who just tried to like, who to me, who cared about me, like who just was a person, right? Not just like, like this or that, like they were, she was just nice. And like, I talked to her about like stuff and she was like, asked me about my day. And I was like, And what it told me was that like, adults can do better. Like, you know, like you, we can, like, you can be understanding. You can be, even if you have to, like, like I got sent to detention. I wasn't mad. I was like, you know what? I know Miss Dixon is right here because like, she talked to me about why. And I was like, I did make a mistake and I got to like, I got to go talk about it to someone else and like, do it, you know, like things like that. And so if I, if I had any legacy, it would be that I want to be an example of what, a good sounds sounds hefty but uh, a good adult can be right like I'd love to be like oh they inspired me to math or whatever but like that's that's just not like an attainable like in my opinion like there that's going to be for some people it's not going to be other. but I think almost any kid that comes through my door if if my legacy can be you know like adults can do better and I want I want you guys to like hold people in general to higher standard because that's that's what it was for me that was like my first big teaching moment it was like oh you can be like a reasonable good adult, even if you have to like be a position of authority or be like an educator whatever. So if I had a legacy, it'd be that, it'd be that setting a high bar for what a uh, like interaction with an adult looks like for a kid.
0: All right, Mm -hmm. I think that about wraps it up. Thank you for joining our podcast.
1: All right, well, thank you guys for having me and uh, hope you guys are doing good.
0: All All right, have a great day. Bye. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Pensacola People's Podcast out.